BYU Cougar basketball is back in action. Let's get you ready to root on the boys in blue. Oh, Grady Haas. Yes! DJ Haas! This is Cougar Pregame Live. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our live coverage of BYU basketball begins with Cougar Pregame Live. To lead things off, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU basketball fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live tonight. The Cougars are hosting the Purple Eagles of Niagara. The Cougars enter tonight's matchup at 2-1 after falling at home on Saturday to UT Arlington, 89-75. The Cougars struggled shooting the basketball specifically from three. BYU was just 6 of 24 from beyond the arc. Dalton Nixon, though, did play well. was certainly a bright spot for BYU. He scored 15 points, grabbed 8 rebounds, both career highs. Now with three games set for this week, tonight's home game should be a nice opportunity to get back on track before heading to Brooklyn for two games on Friday and Saturday in the Barclays Center Classic. Technically, tonight's game against Niagara is part of that tournament. The question mark for tonight is whether or not Elijah Bryant will play. The BYU coaches said he's a game-time decision after injuring his foot against UT Arlington. They said that they didn't think it was a big deal, but sitting him out tonight may not necessarily be the worst thing if that gives him two more days to be ready for the games back east. Hopefully we'll have some word on that coming up in the very near future. However, looking at tonight's opponent, Niagara comes to Provo after losing to UMass on Sunday, 101-76. to And by the way, BYU will face UMass on Saturday in Brooklyn. The Purple Eagles are 1-2. and two. They've dropped their last two games after opening the year with a win over St. Bonaventure. Niagara is averaging 78 points per game. Now, BYU is averaging 70 This team really wants to push the ball, speaking of Niagara, and they play at a very fast pace. Defensively, though, is where there's a big difference. While the Cougars are only giving up 69 points a game, the Purple Eagles are giving up almost 95. That will certainly be an opportunity for BYU to get things going on the offensive end. Now, the last time BYU faced Niagara, they actually won by three. The final score was 65-62. However, that was back in November of 1976, so it truly has no bearing on tonight's action. Tonight's pregame interview is with associate head coach Heath Schroyer. He's an absolute joy to talk to, by the way. And it's been mentioned many times over the past few months, Coach Schroyer has brought a new attitude to this team. I talked with Heath, and here's our conversation. Three games in, where are you, uh, where are you guys at based off of maybe where you thought you'd be after three? I think we're pretty close to where uh, where I thought we'd be. I mean, obviously everyone wants to be better um, you know, overnight, but you know, I think we've shown a lot of glimpses of some really good things on both sides of the ball, and then um, we've shown some things that uh, you know against Arlington, who's a really good team. We showed some, you know, to, we, we maybe took a step backwards in uh, a couple areas as far as um, you know understanding pick and roll defense and and the defending behind the pick and roll and things like that. But I think for the most part, our guys have. Uh, you know, we're right on track, and um, you know our schedule is uh, is tough. You know, but uh, I think it's going to make us better. It's a long year, so every chance you get to teach and and learn, um, especially in November and December, I think are great opportunities. After the game, Coach Rose was talking about how anxious he was to see how the team bounced back after that uh, at practice on Monday. So, how did the team bounce back? You know what? I thought we had a great practice Monday. You know, we were very honest um, and very uh, candid with each other in, in the film. Uh, I thought that was great. 
great. I thought our shot selection uh, wasn't very good at times, you know, and then I think that led to some breakdowns defensively. And um, so, we, you know, we showed probably about 20 minutes of film of, the, of them. And then, uh, you know, literally the next minute we just said, okay, that's over. Here's where we got to learn from it. And now let's figure out and put our plan together for Niagara. And, uh, and that's what we did. And I thought, you know, we came out for about an hour and 20 minutes. You know, guys got after each other. Thought, um, you know, the spirits are good. They understand. I mean, it, you know, that Arlington's a really good team. And, you know, and, and I hate to say this, but we're going to lose a few more games throughout the year too. So, you know, it's, uh, it's basketball and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You mentioned, obviously, uh, you know, preparing for Niagara. What stands out about this team coming in? Well, I think they got really good guard play. Um, you know, I think that uh, they're very similar to Arlington in the, in the sense that their perimeter players um, are very good with the bounce off the ball. Um, they can shoot it. Um, you know, they, they can score three different ways. You know, they can shoot to three. They got a good mid-range game. They're good with pick and roll. Um so they're good. I mean, they're they're very. I mean, going to uh, Minnesota it was a two point game with eight minutes left. Um, you know, they beat St. Bonaventure at St. Bonaventure. So I have a lot of respect for them. Uh, our team has a lot of respect for them. I mean, we're going to have to to play extremely well. Defensively, they're giving up almost ninety five in their games early on. So if you guys are able to execute like you would want to offensively, I would imagine you think there's some opportunities there. I think so. You know, I think that um, you know we have to do a good job of of taking the shots. Uh, at our pace and uh, in our rhythm. And I think that the last game we've shown that uh, when we take shots that aren't at our pace and not at our rhythm, um, you know, we struggle at times. So I think that just to be be able to turn down an okay shot for a good one and a good one for a great one, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, we've been able to show that uh, this year. I think sometimes in the Arlington game we did that. Majority of the times we didn't, and I think that cost us. Yoli started out a little slow offensively. What do you attribute that to? Is it that everybody's scouting him now, and he's he's on the scouting report more than he was last year? I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I think that uh, you know last year he's playing next to Eric Mika, and um, you know he they, he got the most attention this year. Yoli's getting the most attention, and you know anytime you're a preseason all league player and um, you go to New Mexico and have a 2020 game, I mean you're you're a one on the scouting report. So um, you know we have to do some things to to put the, and get him in places, and he has to do a better job of of creating angles and. Um, and getting the ball where he needs to get it too. So it's a it's a little bit of both. But you know, Yoli is, is 19 years old, and you know people forget that. So he's you know he's going to have his ups and downs. But I'm really happy with him. He continues to work hard. Uh, he's a great kid, and uh, you know he's just going to keep getting better and better. From an execution standpoint, and not necessarily that the the shots are always going in, but are you guys as a coaching staff pleased with the execution in terms of being in the right place where you need to be? For the most part, yes. I think we made a lot of strides you know this this uh this system is completely brand new and um you know the one thing coach rose talked about you know when we just started getting together in the summer is that he 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 wanted to be a better half court offensive you know uh execution team and that uh you know when you get late in the year people take away your transition and you're going to have to figure out how to score, you know, from the play after the play is what we call it. And uh, I think for the most part, we've really grown in those areas. I think we got a lot of growth um, that needs to continue to happen. But uh, I'm really pleased with uh, with where we are. Um, you know, to go on the road and beat a Princeton team that hasn't lost in two years there, you know, that says a lot about us. But you know, we're you know we're kind of up and down right now. We have to get us, you know, we have to. Uh, you know, find a good rhythm, and um, you know our schedule is is tough. You know, going on the road this much, and but uh, it's going to make us better in the long run. 
Last week I had the chance to sit down with most of the players, about four hours for some stuff we're doing on the BYU TV side of things. So I was asking questions about all the players, all the coaches, and by the way, all good things is what they said about you, but uh, one of the things they said about you was that you are a basketball junkie. If you're not coaching it, you're watching film, is that an accurate uh, description of you, you think? Well, yes. My wife would say if she had a basketball on her head that I would probably pay more attention to her. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the game. Um, you know, they're, I, I watch it. You know, um, I, I really study it. Um, I try to be a student of the game. Um, you know, I love to watch the jazz and the NBA game, colleges. I, I, yeah, I am. I mean, I, I love the game, and I think the game is continuing to change and continuing to evolve. And I, you know, as a coach, you always want to try to stay on the on the uh, the front end of that. And uh, but I, I do. I love everything about the game, and it's been great to me. And um, you know, I'm excited about being here. I, you know, these kids are are great kids to coach. Um, you know, I really forgot how much I miss coaching. You know. Uh, at BYU and uh, and the kids that you have here and uh, it's it's been great to be back, Coach. Great stuff. Thank you for your time and uh, good luck against Niagara. Hey, thanks. All right, that's associate head coach Heath Schroyer, and you heard him talking about just how how appreciative he is to be able to be back at BYU and how much he realized he missed being here and coaching here. And I can tell you from talking to the players, and, and you've probably heard interviews where the players talked about just how excited they are to have him added to this staff and just all of the additions uh, that he brings and new ideas and things like that. It uh, so far has, has certainly uh, been nothing but positive. So I appreciate Coach Troyer taking a few minutes before tonight's matchup. Coming up next, we're going to head right next door to the Marriott Center for our courtside conversation with the one and only Mark Durant. Cougar pregame live continues in a moment on the new skin BYU Sports Network. We're counting you down to tip off with Cougar pregame live. 66, a Now, let's rejoin your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. It's time for our courtside conversation as we get you ready for BYU and Niagara, the Cougars versus the Purple Eagles. Our courtside conversation, as always, is with Mark Duran, who joins me from the Marriott Center. Good evening, Mark. How are you? Doing great, Jason. Doing great. Answer me this question. Why the Purple Eagles? Why can't they just be the Eagles? Have you ever seen a Purple Eagle? <laughs> well, uh, uh, I didn't know I was going to get hit with such hard-hitting questions. <laughs> I, I'm not prepared for that. Um, but Purple's kind of royalty, uh, and so maybe these are kind of the Regal Eagles. Ooh, very nice. That's sort of like Jack the Regal and, Beagle. Yeah, I was going to say Jack and what his buddy used to drink in Three's Yeah, company. Jack Tripper. Yeah, that's right. There's so many people listening to this right now who have no idea what we're talking I about. I think we'd have a Three's Company reference. Uh, no, I did not, did not see that coming. That's good. Uh, so we've had a few days to digest Saturday's loss to UT Arlington. What did you take away from BYU's first loss of the year? Well, you know, I as I watched it, uh, and it got out of hand, and I I almost kind of laughed it off, like, what, what is going on here? And uh, here we go again. And, uh, and, and But, you know, as after the game and over the last couple of days, it's, to be honest with you, Jason, it, it's really start, started to upset me a little bit. And I, I've, it's kind of sticking in my craw a little bit. And uh, and the reason it is, is I, I just think this that you have to be better in this building. I mean, to me, 
the Marriott Center has a mystique, and it, you know it's it, it's it's important to me that BYU play well here. And, and, and you're going to lose games, especially against good teams. But I did not like how they lost the game and how they got run off the floor. And it was the same thing that happened in the NIT. You got run off the floor by the same team, the same type of way. And I don't care if it's uh, if it's Duke coming in here. You ought to be able to give the best teams in the country a game on your home floor. And people... Work hard, you know, Jason. You, you work hard. Uh, I know you make a lot of money, but you don't have a ton of money. And, and you you buy tickets, and 15,000 people come out, and that's what that's what you give them. And and then you get mad when fans don't come. I mean, you you. It's different on the road, and, and there's a lot of excuses. It's early in the season, and this and that, Nick Emery, and, and, and whatever. But to me. In the Marriott Center, you better perform better than that. And to shoot like they did from the three-point line, are you kidding me? It, on your home floor where you shoot every day? and you can't, They were 6 of 24 from three. And that was before Dastra pit two at the end uh, to make it somewhat respectable. And are you kidding me? I, BYU can't get shooters? I'm not saying they – obviously, TJ, they, I think they've got shooters, but – of all the things that you ought to be able to get, you're not going to get the seven-foot Kevin Durant's, okay? But you ought to be able to get some shooters. You got a gym in every church in the in the world, and you you better get some shooters here that can make a, a flipping three-pointer. Because if you're not going to make three-pointers at BYU, you're going to lose every game. You you got to have guys that can make threes. And I'm get a little carried away with it, but I just the more I thought about it, it really made me mad i don't want to see it again and i i get all the reasons and the possible excuses and all that but it's not all right for me as a former player to have this building disrespected in that way is not all right and maybe i'm being too harsh but it's been a long season watching football and basketball <laughs> and, and i'm not condemning this basketball team i think they're good which is part of the reason i'm mad because they are good and to have that happen just frustrated me. So we can all chalk it up to, you know, early season, kind of a fluke thing. But I don't want to see it happen again. Uh, and that's two of the last three games I've seen in this building that's happened. I know it's the same team, and they're a good team. But, I don't, I, again, I don't care if Kentucky comes in here. You give them a game. And, and respect the floor and the tradition and the fans that come out to see you. I know they're trying hard. Sometimes you're not making your shots, but it, it just, uh, I, I don't know if you expected that answer from me, but it's just been boiling up a little bit the last couple of days because when I was watching, I was like, oh, whatever, you know. But then I, I really thought about it, and I thought, no, that, that's not okay in this building, and uh, you better have a better effort next time. So the one of the big questions heading into this game was whether or not Elijah Bryant was going to play. Coaches all said he was a game-time decision dealing with a foot injury. Um, somebody by the name of Greg Rubel, I'm not sure if you know who that is. If you don't, I'll introduce He's a good guy. Uh, he like just talked. him. <laughs> you, you will need to meet him. He's, he's, he's got a, a good, good hairstyle. I know that. 
he just talked with Dave Rose, and Greg tweeted out that Elijah Bryant will dress, will not start tonight. Jashir Hardnet will start. Everybody else in the starting five will be the same, Haas, Celius, Childs, and Worthington. Uh, in terms of if we will actually see Elijah tonight, that will be determined after warm-ups. So I guess my, my question to you is, even if we have a limited or we do not see Elijah tonight, what kind of an impact do you see with the game? Well, I hope it's a game where they they can afford to be careful with him. Obviously, given Elijah's history with injuries, you, you can't be too careful. But every game matters. I mean, uh, you, you've got to win your games, and I don't know that this team could take anybody for granted. And you need to put your best guys on the floor when you're, you know, especially when you're already lacking depth at the guard line. Uh, so I hope it's a game where you can be careful with Elijah. But, uh, I mean, games games are important. And uh, at the end of the year, uh, if a loss tonight, Niagara at home would be devastating if you're talking about uh, you know, tournament opportunities. And maybe it's premature to even think about that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I hope uh, Elijah's all right. From what I hear, it's it's not a long-term thing. Uh, and and again, given his history, you need you need to make sure he's healthy because we we see the difference between a healthy Elijah and a, right. and, a and a hurt Elijah. So he, it's a premium for BYU to have the best Elijah Brown we have can have on the floor. Uh, I think if it was maybe a different team, a different game, he would play. But and, and I don't have no problem with that. I mean, it's you got to take each team differently. But again, uh, you know, after seeing that last game, I'm. I'm a little bit nervous to take anybody for granted at this point, and I, I hope he gets to play. I hope he'll feel he feels all right and is you know, especially all right for this weekend. That's what I'm more concerned about. So if it means not playing tonight and you can get away with it, I think that's fine. Niagara is a team that wants to run. They're going to push the ball at every turn. How does BYU match up with that? I think they do. I think they do a pretty good job. I mean, BYU slowed it down this year, but they still like to play fast. They're used to it. Uh, they've got ball handlers, and uh, I think they can play Rotate, fast and are happy to do that uh, with the, with the team that wants to do it. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's that's absolutely fine for BYU. Now they're they're going to want to continue the focus on defense. Took a couple steps back against Arlington. That three point percentage was high for for UT Arlington and. You want to kind of go back to your basics. What are we talking about? Let's get on shooters. Let's find our men. And it's hard. You know, a fast-paced game, you can lose guys, and then and you tend to give open three. So a lot of co- uh, communication in transition. Make sure you get back. You're finding the shooters, and you're contesting shots because that's a way a team like Niag- Niagara will beat you is if they can get good looks, and then all of a sudden they're shooting 50% from three, and you're in a game, and they get confidence, and it, it can snowball on you. We saw that the other night. So. Uh, always be communicating. Really extend that defense. You got Yoli back there as a great shot blocker. Let's make them earn it at the rim rather than giving giving them open uh, looks from the three and giving them a chance to compete in this game. The man bleeds blue. He is the one and only Mark Durant. Mark, great stuff. We'll hear you with Greg coming up in just a little bit. All right, my friend. Thanks. You bet. There we go. Mark Durant, our courtside conversation from the Marriott Center. After a quick timeout, we'll check out some other scores in college basketball tonight. That's next. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our exclusive pregame coverage of BYU basketball continues. 
as we rejoin the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Just about 37 minutes to be exact from tip-off at the Marriott Center as BYU hosts the Purple Eagles of Niagara. And it was basically a BYU doubleheader of basketball. We've obviously got the men's game tonight, but earlier today it was actually kids' day for BYU women's basketball. Lots of elementary school kids, and actually thousands, several thousand elementary school kids were bussed in. If you've never been to a kids' day, for BYU women's basketball, it is awesome. It is one of the most energetic atmospheres you'll ever be a part of. And they got to see a pretty good game, mostly because BYU won, and it really wasn't close. The Cougars beat UVU today 75-54. to The Cougars shot almost 67, or excuse me, 60%. They shot 59%, 12, or 29 of 49. They're also 48% from three. A really nice showing for the Cougars. They were led in scoring by Malia Nawahine. She had 21 points to lead all scorers on the day. So, really fun atmosphere earlier today. Hoping, obviously, for the same thing tonight as BYU men's basketball hosts Niagara. Also coming up tonight, just uh, across campus, it is the regular season finale for BYU women's volleyball. Seventh rank, they've moved up two spots in the latest AVCA coaches poll. They were at number nine, now at number seven. Hosting LMU, wrapping things up at the Smith Fieldhouse for the regular season. It is senior night. Obviously, there will be three seniors who will be honored prior to to tonight's match. Cozy Burnett, Maddie Graham, and Aloe Robbins-Hardy will be honored as the three seniors. We'll update you on this score throughout the evening. All right, top 25 action. Games going on right now. Second half between number 19 Louisville hosting Southern Utah. It is the Cardinals with a 53-28 to lead. Also in the first half, it is number 12 Cincinnati. Listen to this score. They lead Richmond 36-8. to Halftime. At UCLA, Wisconsin, with a seven-point lead, they lead the Bruins 38-31. to It is Kansas on top of Texas Southern, 29-13. to And in the first half, number 14, Minnesota, is hosting Alabama A&M Golden Gophers with a 20-9 lead. Coming up in about, well, it tips off the exact same time as our game, one that uh, Cougar fans probably want to pay attention to, number 25, Alabama, who BYU will face in Brooklyn on Friday is hosting, you guessed it, UT Arlington. That will be a uh, nice barometer game to see how Alabama handles a team that BYU obviously lost to this past Saturday. That's going to do it for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, we'll send you next door to the Marriott Center for the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel. You're listening to BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get the inside scoop on today's game. We've got a lot of individual guys who have actually found themselves and are really contributing to our team. This is the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Now, let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Courtside Seats and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Good evening, Cougar basketball fans. Welcome courtside inside the Marriott Center on the Brigham Young University campus here in Provo, Utah. Tonight, the Cougar Hoopsters hosting the Purple Eagles of Niagara in BYU's last on-campus game in this Barclays Center Classic. The event of moving east to Brooklyn on the weekend with games against Alabama and UMass scheduled Friday and Saturday. I'm Greg Rubel. I'll have tonight's play-by-play call for you. Former Cougar Hoopster Mark Durant with me for courtside commentary. And uh, BYU's hit its first early season speed bump. The Cougars got run out of the building by UT Arlington the other night, and Elijah Bryant got hurt in that game. Had a bad feeling when he went down, although he stayed in the game to take two free throws on that hard foul. He did leave the game soon thereafter, did not come back, and now he has a foot-toe injury that uh, puts his status in question for tonight. Will not start, Dave Rose tells me, and whether he's available or not will depend on how he feels now that he's left the floor following warm-ups. So uh, maybe day-to-day, game-to-game right now for Eli. With Nick Emery gone for the season and two other roster players already sidelined with injury, BYU's probably not deep enough to suffer any more personnel losses in the rotation of the top seven players, and Eli's in that rotation. So losing him for any period of time would be a loss for a program that has been uh, really marked kind of in constant personnel flux for a few seasons now. Bad luck, bad breaks, bad news. Uh, We hope this is a minor short-term issue for Elijah, but... uh, just causes you to worry. He's such an important player, and that's been his issue the last couple of years of staying healthy. Yeah, one thing after another, it's been very uh, frustrating, I know, for us, for fans, for coaches, for the players that get injured. It's pretty miserable. I thought, Greg, you know, when Nick announced he wasn't going to play this year, I thought, well, maybe this team can, you know, find a way without Nick and fill in the gaps, and, man, you lose a little depth. But, man, watching miss after Mitch from, miss from the three-point line the other night, I thought, man, it sure would be nice to have Nick Emery. He's, uh, he was on track to be the all-time leading three-point guy here at BYU, not to have him on the floor really hurt. And now, if you talk about losing Elijah, I mean, he's the guy that's played this year. He's really coming, showing what he can do. And other guys maybe here and there, but Elijah has been your guy. And if he's out, I hate to even think about that. And he's a guy that obviously has had injury issues in the past, so you're hypersensitive to him. He's got to be healthy, and hopefully this is a game tonight you can get away with letting him rest a little bit so he's ready for the weekend. You just hope it's nothing more serious than just giving it a day or two and he'll be back to where he was. And then doesn't linger for a long time as well. So coming up next, we'll get the lowdown on Eli from Coach Dave Rose as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Oh, a nice stutter step right to the rim. Floyd score again. Josh here, Harden. That was pretty. For more with head coach Dave Rose, let's rejoin your host, Greg Rubel. We're at the Marriott Center as 2-1 BYU entertains 1-2 and two Niagara. The Purple Eagles playing four straight away games to start the season after a win at regional rival St. Bonaventure. Purple Eagles have been pummeled, allowing more than 100 points in each of the last two games, both losses at nationally ranked Minnesota and then at UMass. It's a game BYU I think would be expected to win, but uh, with Elijah Bryant banged up, the complexion of tonight's game changing a bit. I talked with head coach Dave Rose a short time ago about uh, Elijah Bryant's situation and availability for tonight. It's his foot's really sore. He didn't practice yesterday. We've done all the we've done X-rays. We've done an MRI, and it looks like structurally that uh, you know he he came out of it okay. Um, and now we'll just see how he can deal with the pain. You know, he didn't practice yesterday, so we'll start this year tonight. Hopefully, we can use him a little bit. Uh, this is a real guard-oriented game. I mean, these guards are really good for Niagara, and 
and Elijah's playing really well for us. Hopefully he, he doesn't miss much here, but um, you know, I look forward to getting him back as soon as we can. So he is available to play, won't start, chance he gets in tonight, chance he doesn't play till the weekend? Yeah, um, uh, he went to shoot around today and, you know, trying to see how it feels after warm-up tonight. Hopefully he stays dressed and is available for tonight's game, but uh, we probably won't know that till game time. Okay. So uh, you'd have uh, Jashir in the lineup with uh, TJ and, and Zach on your wings then? Absolutely. Yeah, that's how we'll go. We played that lineup uh, somewhat uh, at times during the season. And, uh, and with the, 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 the challenge that we have tonight, the matchup with uh, – uh, but Dukes is, and Jasheer, you know, maybe a pretty good little matchup. Those, uh, he's, he's pretty quick, fast, high-scoring, uh, you know, guard. So hopefully we can contain him. This Niagara team is is really as good as you get in transition and converting in transition. Top five percent in the country, and they get the ball up there quick, and they're going to shoot it quick. And uh, and you know, hopefully we'll be able to get that stopped and get him in a half court. Uh, you know, set because they're not that. That's not where they're real. That's not. They're not nearly as good in, in the half court as they are in transition. Dukes is a USC transfer. One of those guards that uh, loves to get to the free throw line. Yeah, because he's so active with the ball. I mean, he'll push it from, you know, straight through the middle, right down all the way to the to the rim. Will come up a wing and uh, and then dribble, to, you know, all the way underneath the baseline, come the other side. But he's and he's really a, you know an effective three point shooter. He can jump up there and stick it any time. And uh, Matt Scott is uh, uh, again likes a three-point shot, but uh, both those guys averaging 20 points plus right now per game. Yeah, and, and they've they've played a, a pretty tough schedule. Uh, all road games is their fourth road game before they go home. And uh, in the UMass game the other night, they actually offensively played really well. It's just that UMass was a little bit better, hit hit uh, quite a few shots, and and uh, we will face them on Saturday. So. Uh, this is a, a challenging little tournament for us, and it, I, I wish we had, you know, Elijah full strength, and we'll have to just see how that goes. Yeah, it's been a rough deal for him, hasn't it, uh, since you've gotten him, just trying to keep him in, uh, keep him in the games. Yeah, and, and you know, he's he's had a great uh, a great fall and good start to the season, and hopefully we can just build on that. Yeah, back to uh, Niagara for a second. Uh, uh, they have these four straight games away from home, and they played a good Minnesota team, obviously. 51% shooting against them right now. What are you seeing that's kind of uh, gotten that number up and they're allowing a big number scoring-wise? Well, I, I think they're, you know, that we have an advantage in the post, and uh, um, they're, they're, you know, the guards are, are small and I think that if we can, you know, if, if we can get to the second and third side where we're actually way more effective, you know, our shooting percentage is up in the high 50s in those those shots. Um, I, I think that uh, hopefully when we get the ball inside, we can get it back out. We can move it from side to side, and uh, and then challenge them at the at the rim, get them in foul trouble, and uh, you know, try and use all those five ways that we score points instead of just trying to rely on one thing like we did the other night. We just tried to rely on you know, making threes, and we weren't making threes, and kind of cost us a game. That said, I think you believe you're going to be a better three-point team than we saw in that stretch the other night. Obviously. I think so. I think they're they're better shooters that way. But uh, you know, I do think that you know we need to uh, we need we need to take better shots. We rushed a lot of a lot of those threes, and then once once it goes you know one way like that, you need somebody to hit two or three in a row and kind of break it and. And that never happened the other night. Peyton, Peyton came in, hit two late, you yeah. know, so maybe <laughs> should have played him a little bit earlier. <laughs> Three games in five days for you guys, I think it's what it comes down to. Uh, and a uh, big week for you that way in terms of uh, uh, just kind of learning how to win in compressed periods of time here. Well, we, we've been through this. We, we, we play these, uh, these uh, you know, 
tournaments for years where we have two come here and then we go somewhere and play a couple. We've been, I think it was Vegas last year where we played two down there. The travel in this has been a little bit uh, uncomfortable, a little bit unsettling, and uh, and hopefully that our, our guys just continue. This is what I really hope is that when we get challenged, and we're going to get challenged here tonight, that we become way more of a team in, 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 and approach that challenge than – uh, as individuals and in individual good players trying to respond to that challenge. Uh, I think this is going to be, you know, a good team, but we got to really show some signs of being together when we get pressed here. All right, Coach, thanks for the preview. We'll talk to you post-game. Good luck. All right, thanks a lot, Greg. All right, that is BYU head coach Dave Rose and our Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Our pregame coverage of BYU and Niagara continues from Provo on the new skin BYU Sports Network. It's almost time to hit the hardwood. Shot and score! This is the Cougar Tip-Off Show brought to you by BYU Creamery. The classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Siegfried and Jensen helping Utah families for over 25 years. And by your local Utah Honda dealers. Now let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling courtside seats and join Mark Durant along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again from the Marriott Center. We've got BYU and Niagara for you tonight. The eighth meeting in the series that BYU leads 5-2. Teams last met 42 years ago. A game the Cougars won here in Provo. Greg Rubel and Mark Durant with you courtside. Our statistician, BYU's sixth all-time leading scorer, Russell Larson. Jason Shepard's our studio host. And our control board operator is the ever-vigilant and ever-present Carter Malloy. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship, BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, over the air on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. You can also hear us on network affiliates in Utah and Idaho, online at byuradio.org. BYUCougars.com slash live radio, KSL.com and BYU Radio's app, the BYU Cougars app, as well as KSL's app and the TuneIn app, wherever you are tuning us in tonight. Good to have you along in our listening audience. Well, BYU lost its last game, a second straight setback to UT Arlington, which averaged 99 points per game in those two wins over BYU. You could say UTA was, is just a, a bad matchup for BYU. Five senior starters against a group with no seniors. They're long, they're bouncy, but all that said, if BYU had just an average night from the arc, the Cougars could have and maybe would have won that game. At one point, BYU missed 16 straight threes. The Cougs were 2-for-20 on threes before making a few after the game was already decided. It was an unbelievably bad night for some pretty good shooters, Mark. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll do some rebounding drills with my kids, you know, and I'll stand at the three-point line, and my objective is to just hit the rim so they'll get, be able to get the rebound. Right. So I'll just throw it up there. You'll make a few by mistake. And I'll make two or three or four out of 20 just by throwing it up there. And these, <laughs> these guys shoot hundreds of threes a day. That's all they do. Their whole lives shoot threes. TJ is a terrific three-point shooter. Zach is phenomenal, and Elijah is pretty good. So you got three guys that, man, that's just really strange. It's like stranger thing. We were in the upside down there, Greg. That's stranger things happening there, <laughs> and it, it's frustrating. But I, I just wish BYU had a little more depth in the three-point line. So if some guys are off. You bring in some other guys, and it just it doesn't make sense to me that we don't have more three-point shooters. I mean, of all the things BYU should, ought to be able to have is, is three-point shooters. So, you know, we might not have the UTA size and athleticism, but we ought to have three-point shooters. And 
you know, I, I don't want to get into recruiting and guys you miss and stuff, but, man, when, when Jesse Wade didn't come here and went to Gonzaga, and I, I watched him play because I'm watching Bingham, he may be one of the greatest shooters of all time in Utah. And when I see him hit threes against us, when we play Gonzaga, I'm going to cry inside because I, I, I get you're, you're filling different spots and every year's different and you may have needs and you can't take all the guys you want. But when for BYU to compete, they're going to need to shoot from the three. That's just bottom line, college basketball, BYU to win, they got to shoot from the three. And you saw what happened when they didn't shoot well from the three the other night, and it did not look pretty. I hope I hope it changes. It was just a blip and all that kind of stuff because I think we do have good shooters, but that was hard to watch. All right, coming up after this break, my pregame chat with Niagara's head coach Chris Casey. This is the Cougar Tip-Off Show live from the Marriott Center on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Tip-Off Show. Raise it up. No. The tip. No. The follow. Yes. Let's head back live to courtside. It's a BYU and Niagara coming up just after the top of the hour here in Provo. The Purple Eagles picked fifth in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference, the MAC. They have a preseason all-conference first-teamer in Matt Scott, point guard Khalil Dukes, a second-teamer, both guys averaging 20-plus per game through three games. Niagara opponents shooting 51% from the field, scoring 94 points per game currently. Head coach Chris Casey shared with me his thoughts on those numbers when we spoke a short time ago. Uh, we got to guard better. It's simple as that. You know, uh, UMass made 15 threes. They shot the ball really well. Uh, we got the ball up and down the floor ourselves and scored, but we got to. We have to guard better. We got to guard one-on-one better. Uh, we got to rebound the ball better defensively on the backboard. Our effort is fine. Uh, our effort is always good. Uh, we have to get better at detail things. You come in with a couple of all-conference performers, at least preseason, first and second team. How much do you expect to lean on Dukes and Scott throughout the course of the year? Is a big two enough for you? Well, we'll lean on the two of them a lot, uh, but we need some other guys to score the ball too and do and rebound the ball and do some other things. We, we're, we can't be a two-man show, uh, which I don't think we are. I think we have some other guys that are capable uh, who played well in our first game and you know need to step up, obviously, here in a difficult environment. Who might listeners listen for in terms of another player or two that you want to really lean on tonight and this season beyond the big two we know about? Well, I don't think there's anybody specific, but I think, you know, our, our other starters, and then uh, we got to get some production off the bench. When you open the season with four games away from home like this, is it by design? Is it a combination of circumstances? Do you see it as a character-building thing for your team? Is it something you either wish or don't wish for to open a year four in a row away from home? Well, we'd much rather be at home. I mean, you know, I think the stat is 75 to 80 percent of college basketball games are won by the home team. So we'd much rather be home. But our situation dictates that we need to go on the road. And um, so we're going out uh, in these four games. And, and, uh, you know, this is the fourth of four straight on the road. So we'll come here. We'll play hard and hope for the right outcome. Have you been able to get back home in the midst of all this? Or has this been like one long long stretch for you? Uh, It's been a long stretch day here and there, you know, but for the most part, uh, planes, airports, and gyms. Mm. <laughs> You've been done this long enough. Can these things have a positive net benefit in the end when you are away from home as much as you are? Yeah, you have to derive the positive from everything. I mean, you know, hopefully this experience of playing four very, very good teams on the road will help us when we get to league play. What do you make of this BYU team through three games so far? Uh, I think they're very good. I mean, they scored a ball very well, especially in this building. They have very good size across the board, um, you know, very well coached. Uh, their guards do a great job of, of moving the basketball. 
uh, defensively, they're very positional, and they're going to rebound the ball well. So they're a very good team. Last thing for you then, Coach. Have you had any experience in this neck of the woods, state of Utah, Marriott Center, in previous experiences? A uh, long, long time ago when I first started coaching, uh, I was a graduate assistant at Central Connecticut State University, and we played out here. Uh, I was part of a two-game road trip, and, you know, I won't give it a year. It'll age me, but it was a while ago. <laughs> Do the recollections come back at all when you walk in the building? Uh... Yeah, it's a great building. I mean, I've been in a lot of a lot of facilities and a lot of arenas, and this has always been one of my favorite arenas. Perhaps I'll sneak one last question in. You played Sunday afternoon. Did you get out of town that night, have to wait till Monday to travel? No, we got out late that night and got in here late. Well, Coach, best of luck to you. Thanks for your time tonight. No problem. Thank you. All right, that is Niagara head coach Chris Casey. Time now for our You Be the Judge feature, sponsored by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMindUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. And tonight, it's another BYU basketball trivia question. Loving the trivia these days. Yoli Childs has made a modest 11 consecutive free throws, but it's a good number. A notable number for a guy who shot under 60% from the stripe as a freshman, so kudos to Yo. But uh, who holds the BYU record for consecutive free throws made all time? The answer coming up next as the Cougar Tip-Off show continues live from Provo. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Tip-Off Show. Miles will drive it, give to Yoli. Yoli with the thump and another and one opportunity. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel at courtside. Let's pause now 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. All right, to BYU and Niagara coming up. But first up, the answer in tonight's You Be the Judge feature brought to you by Legally Mine. It's BYU Trivia. And the question is, who holds the record for BYU, uh, who holds the BYU record for consecutive free throws made? Not in the game, but in a career. And it may span multiple seasons. Uh, it's got to be Tyler Haas, right? He had 50-something a couple times, it seemed like. It is Tyler Haas. Mark nails it 50, exactly. So he made 48 in a row, went on a mission, Came back, hit 49 and 50, then missed. So 50 is the all-time record over a couple of years with a mission in between. Yes, Tyler Hawes is the answer. Always a good good guess when it comes to free-throw shooting here at BYU. And Russ Larson, to my right, writes down that he had Tyler Hawes as well. He thought high 40s. It's actually right on 50. So you guys are both uh, right in the neighborhood. All right, after a dominant exhibition season, uh, averaging a high double-double, Yoli Childs might have expected to just uh, shoulder the scoring load for BYU, but that hasn't been the case yet. He's third on the team in scoring, shooting just 43% from the field, has missed all of his threes, which he does take and can make. Mark, he's not playing terribly at all. Don't get that impression, but he's probably a little frustrated by the way his season has begun after how good he was in, in the preseason games. I'm frustrated. He needs to get the ball more. They need to work the work plays to get him the ball where he wants it. Other teams, of course, are focusing their defense to stop him, but you got to get him the ball. He's got to get touches to get the confidence and to know he's the heart of this team. All right, closing segment of the Cougar Tip-Off show is straight ahead on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Tip-Off show rolls on. Touch pass, Celius, three. Got it! Zach Celius makes it a one-point game. Let's head back live to courtside. Close 
closing strains of our national anthem here at the Marriott Center. Time now for the Timpanogos Regional Hospital Injury Report. The Timpanogos Regional Hospital Emergency Room is prepared to treat injuries of all kinds close to home. Just text ER to 23000 for current ER wait times. Ryan Andrus on the shelf with a couple of uh, knee situations to resolve. Uh, Braden Shaw is still sidelined with an ankle injury. And tonight, Elijah Bryant will not start, is dressed, may be available, but will not start as he deals with a foot and toe injury. So uh, three names uh, of note on the injury report tonight. We hope Elijah's not there for very long. Yeah, I I hope that we don't see Elijah tonight. That means BYU's taking care of business. And if he needs to play, that's not necessarily a great sign. All right, we'll see what turns out. Again, he is in uniform, and uh, the question is how he felt after warm-ups and whether he'll be available or needed to go tonight. So we shall see on that. Quickly before the break, Dalton Nixon has quietly been a big player off the bench for BYU. Dalton's averaging nine points a game, five rebounds a game, shooting 71% from the field. missed only a single free throw. Has almost half of BYU's offensive rebounds, 10 of BYU's 22 offensive boards from Dalton. I can't say enough good things about Dalton. He plays with great effort, which this team needs that spark. He's tough. He's a good shooter. He, he makes shots when he needs to. Great job from Dalton. Tip-off is coming up next. This has been the Cougar Tip-Off Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.